you want to get the latest news about our podcast, including upcoming episodes, exclusive content, and live events, visit itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. The great journalists are aware of the challenges and negotiate them and deal with them. And to the extent to which that they do good, careful, documented work, the truth will out. And we've seen it. And there's no turning back on some of these stories once they're out. Despite tough financial times and ongoing criticism of the media, good journalism, good investigative journalism is still being done. We talked to one of the people recognizing those efforts. I'm Michael O'Connell, and you're listening to It's All Journalism. Each year, Long Island University presents the George Polk Awards to highlight the crucial role quality journalism plays in the American democracy. On February 20th, Polk Award officials came to Washington, D.C. to announce this year's winners, who will receive awards on April 6th in New York City. Ralph Engelman is the co-administrator of the Polk Awards. He joins me on the phone today, shortly after the press conference in D.C. Welcome to the podcast, Ralph. Glad to be here. So first of all, what can you tell us about the 2018 Polk Award winners? Well, we've got, you know, 14 winners. The awards are named after George Polk, a journalist who who died covering a story. It's an award that really focuses on reporters. I think that uh, given, you know, the thrust of your program, it's significant that three of our winners very much reflect, you know, the digital media, that three reporters that work for news organizations that won for the first time. That's uh, uh, Iona Craig of The Intercept, won for foreign reporting for a great story on a SEAL raid in Yemen. Ellie Reeve of Vice News won for her for national television reporting for her uh, coverage of the Charlottesville demonstration that, that led to the, the death of one person in which she somehow managed to get and interview, you know, the leaders of the alt-right and, and get, you know, insight into their their thinking and and also we Melissa Segura of BuzzFeed received a local award for work that she did in Chicago revealing how a, a local detective played fast and loose with evidence and put people in prison who for murder that uh, this reporter revealed it was false information. They were, they were released. So those are three of the stories that uh, where organizations that hadn't won in the past did win and are digitally oriented. You know, these are three very different stories. What was it about them that you think the judges sort of responded to? Well, I think, you know, the Herb Mitgang of the New York Times, the late, once referred to the Polk Awards is the Guts Awards. And, you know, we recognize, you know, reporters who break important stories and who are enterprising and sometimes even take risks in getting those stories. And that was, you know, uh, true of, of many of the winners this year. Iona Craig of The Intercept to get her story about this SEAL raid in Yemen that was, uh, you know, misrepresented by the Trump administration. She had to go, she traveled a thousand miles. Uh, she, under disguise, was, faced great obstacles to, you know, reveal that the this uh, raid was not the triumph it was it was presented. Again, Ellie Reeve of Vice News really took a a large step in going beyond surface coverage to actually 
you know, meet one-on-one with leaders of the alt-right who had organized that demonstration in Charlottesville to give us insight into, you know, what uh, what their thinking was, as well as incredible, you know, on-the-ground reporting. As far as Melissa Sigari and BuzzFeed in the Chicago story, the other thing that we, you know, are interested in is impact. And all these stories have impact, and, but her story for sure, the innocent people were you know, uh, who had been imprisoned wrongfully were freed as a result. And, you know, we live in a time where, uh, you know, journalism is under attack, all the references to fake news, there's the, uh, the changing finances that uh, have hurt investigative reporting. But, you know, there is still important, great investigative work going on that has impact. Now, the award for national reporting was shared by two reporters from the New York Times, Jody Cantor and Megan Tui, and Ronan Farrow of the New Yorker for the Harvey Weinstein story. Talk about impact. I mean, it was a story that the repercussions are incredible. We represent the kind of turning point. So this is also something that we, you know, factor in or consider very seriously, this whole issue of impact. Yeah, definitely very impactful stories. I haven't had a chance to talk to either, either the other people that you mentioned besides uh, Ellie Reed. I did get a chance to, to meet her and, and hear her speak. And seeing the, the video, the Charlottesville video, it's just incredible, the doggedness with which she, she pursued that story, embedding herself, and then, you know, reporting on the ground. It's pretty incredible. It, it's It's great when you see... You know, you saw a lot of her, her process in her journalistic process in her reporting. And it's great when you see that because I think that, in a sense, has a message to people who look at the news and are able to recognize, you know, here's somebody who, you know, put themselves out on a limb to report a very important story. Absolutely. So um, why is it important to recognize things like this, do you think? Well, I think it is important to basically encourage you know, the the great tradition in investigative reporting. And I think that this kind of recognition is, it's a message to newspaper publishers and editors, you know, as well as the American public about the the great cause of investigative journalism because of the kind of impact that it can have what we've been discussing. What do you see are some of the biggest threats right now to, you know, investigative reporting in the U.S.? Well, I think part of it, I mean, is the readjustment that has been caused by the impact of the Internet and the fact that, you know, traditional newspapers that are being hurt by lack of declining advertising revenue have had to cut staff and are not able to do the investigative, put the kind of resources into investigative reporting that they did in the past. We've seen it since I've been at this for over a quarter of a century, and you see different trends. For example, a great or once great newspaper like the Los Angeles Times that regularly sent, you know, just incredible work to us, we see much less from them. So adjustments have been made, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that investigative reporting is history. It's We, we talked about the digital platforms, for one. Then there are organizations, you know, like uh, ProPublica, 
and also a a pattern of news organizations you know collaborating on investigative pieces for example ProPublica the award for medical reporting went to both ProPublica which is the does all the the hard data long form investigation and NPR it was it was Nina Martin of ProPublica and Renee Montaigne of NPR did a great story on lost mothers about the the fact that the United States has the highest rate of women dying in, in pregnancy and childbirth in the developed world. I mean, historically, there's been a lot of attention paid rightfully to infant mortality, but they zeroed in on you know the the mortality of of women, pregnant women, and women you know in childbirth. And again, it represents a kind of partnership, a new form of investigative reporting, ProPublica, with using the Internet as well and, and marshalling resources and, you know, making alliances with other news organizations. In this case, like NPR, they work with Frontline, New York Times and, and others. So beyond NPR and, and, and ProPublica, what other, you know, maybe non-digital platforms or, or newsrooms uh, received awards this year? Once again, the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, which is this collective of about 380 journalists from 67 countries with a sort of really originating in Germany, one for the Paradise Papers, which is the follow-up yeah. to, their, to their previous work, the Panama Papers, which you know revealed sort of the offshore financial machinations of over a hundred politicians and world leaders from Queen Elizabeth, you know, to uh, a dozen advisors, donors, and appointees of, of uh, Donald Trump, among them Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. This was uh, a winner. Also, some great work on the plight of immigrants in this country. I mean, Values of the Polk Award is looking at work that highlights stories about communities that are exploited or in a position, not in a position to make their cause heard. And there were two great immigration stories that, you know, one for immigration reporting. One was the uh, Antonio Farzan and, and Joseph Flaherty of the Phoenix New Times did a story in which they revealed how Motel 6 managers were basically working with ICE to reveal people that they thought might be immigrants or might be illegal staying at their motels. These managers were sending nightly lists, and this was stopped once this was revealed. I mean, it's not the job of Motel 6 to be recruited as, as to police this, this situation. Another story, a remarkable story by Maria Perez of the Naples Daily News in Florida documented how businesses were hiring undocumented workers for very dangerous jobs and firing them without compensation if they got injured because they were not, you know, covered by workman's comp, and they would often then be complicit in getting them deported. So this is an incredibly exploitive situation that was revealed by this Naples Daily News, and Naples, one of the wealthiest towns in the country. So uh, that was, I think, another, you know, important award. 
to mention a couple of others, and you can, sure. if you have questions about any of them, two reporters for the Washington Post received an award for political reporting. This is Stephanie McCrumman and Beth Reinhardt for exposing U.S. Senate candidate Roy Moore's past as a sexual molester, which you know basically led to the election of the state's first Democratic senator in 21 years. We gave the award for magazine reporting to Ben Taub of The New Yorker for a remarkable story on Lake Chad, what we called the, the most complex humanitarian disaster, the, the, how that lake is drying up and the disastrous consequences for the hundreds of thousands of people in the, in the area and, and relating that to economic and political developments in that part of Africa. Photography, we recognized two reporters for the New York Times, Adam Dean and Thomas Minuta, for their incredibly powerful photography of the flight of the Rohingya refugees from Myanmar. And uh, that, I think, was also very important. Foreign television reporting, two reporters for CNN were recognized, Nina Elbajir and Raja Razek. And they reported from Libya and got footage of what really amounted to a slave auction of African refugees. Uh, this is something wow. that they had gotten wind of and gotten some footage back in 2015, but to confirm it with great difficulty with hidden cameras, they went back and showed and got footage of, of one of these auctions taking place. This had unbelievable, you know, ramifications that led the, the UN to get engaged, and it, it caused really a, an international outcry. Again, you know, it's, it's an example of the potential of, of great journalism, great investigative journalism to have an impact. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, uh, the, the variety of stories you're talking about here, not just you know, humanitarian human rights violations, but, you know, politics and and climate and finance and immigration, just so many different types of stories that, that any one of them, it would be enough, it would seem to say, this is really great reporting, but just a full spectrum of, of topics around great reporting. It, it's great to great to see stuff like that. So you know, how long have you been involved in the uh, Polka Awards? Well, I've been involved for I said, over 25 years, so over a quarter century, and uh, it's been a great, rewarding experience. The Polk Awards, unlike the Pulitzers, we have a committee. It's an anonymous committee. I co-administrate along with John Darton, the distinguished former uh, New York Times reporter who won both Pulitzers and Polk Awards. But we, when we deliberate, we're independent. What we decide is final, unlike the Pulitzers, which are much more a somewhat more political process in which there is a lot of jockeying and and in which the recommendations get kicked upstairs to a committee, including the president of Columbia University, that makes a final decision. We're we're independent, you know, are ready to stick our neck out for a you know work that we consider important, and it's been a very rewarding experience. The awards themselves are given out at a, a luncheon for those of your you know your listeners who might be interested in attending the luncheon will take place in Manhattan at the Roosevelt Hotel on Friday, April 6th of this year and the evening before we always have a 
panel discussion, we take a thread linking some of the winning stories. After all, we since people come from all corners of the world to accept their awards, and we t- wanted to take advantage of their presence. So we pick a, each year a theme or a thread, and we pick several winners, and we have a panel discussion on our campus at Brooklyn campus of Long Island University, and that takes place the preceding evening, which would be uh, Thursday evening, April 5th. So we invite all your listeners to either or both of those events. Definitely we'll do that and maybe even try to get up there and witness it uh, myself or take part in myself. Now, you know, you alluded to earlier in the, in the conversation this thought about the press being sort of under under attack, you know, the, the labels of fake news and, and, you know, questions about trust in media. You know, what do you say to that? Well, I think that uh, in a in a democracy, a free press is critical and getting that information out is paramount. And there have always been obstacles and problems and challenges fa- facing the press, and not just during the, the, uh, the Trump administration. I mean, during the Obama administration, there was a, you know, a kind of a war on leakers, and the espionage was used to go after leakers more than any other administration in the past. So it's not, I mean, I think that there is an element of risk-taking, you know, in journalism. It, it goes with the territory. The award is named after George Polk, who was a member of the Edward R. Murrow, the great, you know, uh, news team, and who, you know, co- was covering the Greek Civil War back in 1948 when he was killed. So that, you know, journalists, I think the great journalists are, you know, aware of the challenges and negotiate them and deal with them. And to the extent to which that they do good, careful, documented work, the truth will out, and we've seen it. And there's no turning back when, when, on some of these stories once they're out. The, the Harvey Weinstein story, the sexual abuse story, is, is a case in point. That story just never seems to end. I mean, it is, it has opened up so many different cans of worms, and it, it's become so much a part of the, the national dialogue. It's incredible how one story like that can just, uh, you know, once it's out, just, you know, change, change society, change the, the dialogue that's going on in the world. Absolutely. So, Ralph, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for, for sharing some of this information about these great reporters and the, and the Polk Awards. We're going to go ahead and, and uh, run the full list of the award winners with the story that goes with this and some links to maybe some of their, their work. Thanks again for, for spending some time with us. Okay, you're welcome. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podcast One. It takes a lot of people to put together an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Lagrisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast, why not sign up for our weekly email newsletter? Go to itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to subscribe. Each week, you'll receive an email with exclusive content about upcoming podcasts and live events. Be sure to subscribe today. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. The 
Target USA podcast with your host, J.J. Green. Russia could render a huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. That could touch the whole of the United States. ISIS. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to see an attack. This is J.J. Green. Join me each week for the latest on U.S. and international security on Target USA. The Target USA podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. The Finish the Game podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Well played to Sean. Across the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. 